I'm Kay Janes, and this is the podcast where we talk about your adult child and how to raise them so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out at allgrownup.com or on Instagram at youradultchild. Welcome to a rare afternoon broadcast. We had a really special event the other day. We just changed our times. Our director of operations, our producer, he had his, uh, his, well not he, his wife had their first child. So we had to move the time over. So we're happy to welcome John's son, named Johnson, into (laughs) the world and into our group. So congratulations. We're so happy for you. And and it kind of too... As we're talking to parents about kids, I, I think all of you, when you think of the kids, especially everyone you're struggling with right now, I know you've done this before, but think of that day when they showed up and just how how different the world is now than the day they showed up. And to when you're a new parent, you think of all the things you're worried about. And old parents would always say to new parents, enjoy the little problems because... It's one thing when they won't sleep through the night. That's hard. That's really hard. It's a different thing when you can't sleep because they're not home <laughs> on time for curfew. There's different <laughs> night tortures that a child <laughs> produces in your life. So every phase is awesome. Also, I'm super happy to have Shauna back. And we're going to jump right into a review of last week where I want to ask Shauna some questions about as a mom Last week we talked about not taking things personally, and that was mostly just me talking about that. But the thing I want to ask you about this is, as a mom, um, what has helped you separate yourself from your kids emotionally and mentally when you've needed to, right? So Mm -hmm. that you don't take too much ownership of their successes or of their failures or, you know what I mean? So... I know you've battled that like every mom has, but what's helped you the most to not take things in an unhealthy way personally with your kids' decisions and and those things? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing would be, and I know we've probably mentioned this in the past, but being able to recognize they're not my kids. So that is the biggest thing that helps me. And then also just... uh, Um, seems like this comes up a lot lately and it does, I know for a lot of moms, but, um, just separating myself. So separating myself and being able to, I know we've talked a lot about when you can feel the difference of when you're getting sucked into something versus when it's clean, you don't feel like parts of you being sucked everywhere. Yeah. Um, that's my clue when I can tell I'm off, when I feel like I'm being pulled in all these these ways. The word I always think around that is when you start to have worry. Worry worry is a worry is generally generally not helpful, right? And when you mm-hmm. get sucked in, is that not one of the main feelings you're feeling is worry or concern? Yeah. And that's what's sucking you into the, how do I fix this? How do I make sure it well, yes, well? Well, yes, because I was going to say, it's like a disguise for what's really there is the control. Yes. Because you con- need to control. It shows up like control. Yes. That's what they're going to see on experience on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's important. I agree with that too. And that is so hard. And moms and dads, and everybody has different personalities, but moms and dads will have different experiences with kids' failures and successes. We talked about this earlier. There's some parents that they need their kids' successes for a lot of unhealthy reasons. All parents, there's a feeling of excitement and happiness and different things whenever a kid succeeds something, right? 
Last night, my uh, five or six-year-old, I think she's six now, she just, she rode a bike last night for the first time. And my wife's response and my response was different. Mm. I was like, okay, good. You know how to ride a bike. What's next? <laughs> right? Like, get on the bike, pedal, put your feet down. Great. And my wife's over there, sweetie, you got this and you can do it. And I'm like, hey, just be quiet and go over to the side. She's got this. And then she got it. And my wife's like, yay. And I just walk away. <laughs> like, job done. Good job. You know, so, and again, I might be, but there's differences in it. And the kids, they actually need both. They need the, yay, good job. And they need the, okay, good job. But you're supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. Right. And one thing, and this might actually lead into what we're talking about today, but as your kids start to get older, it can be easy if you aren't aware and watching to be, to get offended by them. Ah, good. What do you mean? They start to get some confidence they start to get their way in the world they think they know a lot of things about everything yeah (laughs) and and they start throwing out little barbs or they start throwing out little things and i've just noticed oh wait that was kind of rude oh out like that (laughs) or you know like i could easily be offended yeah um i've noticed that even just in this last year because i have just older kids now and some of them are married and especially when they get a spouse you know, I think they, they're going to get different perspectives, which is great. It's what we want. But I've just noticed lots of opportunities to watch. Okay. Oh, yeah. No one can offend myself but me. I'm the one that decides if I'm yeah. offended or not. It's given me the opportunity to do a lot of self-awareness. Okay. Well, why did that hurt? You know, I'm thinking all this while they're, this conversation is going on. Um, or maybe sometimes it's after they leave. And so this is something I've noticed a lot that you can start getting a, a offended by your kids. When they're older. <laughs> Absolutely. Because when they're little, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not having ice cream for dinner. I don't care that you think that's what we should do. But you're right. They get older. And the problem is they do learn things. And sometimes they learn stuff we don't know. Yeah, or there's a little bit of truth to yeah, what they're saying. Yeah, there's truth. They'll bring it up. It's like, man, if you would have done this different. Or even in the moment. I'm, I can't even think of an example right God, now. Because I, I know there's two from yesterday, man. Oh. Hey? <laughs> Too. My wife and my kids called me out yesterday and it was like, wait, will you? Yeah, it's hard to. And I've noticed, small. especially my daughter. And my uh-huh. daughter's like trying to na- navigate a few things, I think. And daughter to mom, mom those, I'm, I find myself more offended than if it's coming from my sons. I think sons have a piece that they want to take care of mom. They want yeah. to, they're a little more. And the um, daughter, it's, it, it, well, that's interesting you bring that up because we talked about in the other episode the uniqueness of the mother daughter relationship. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And how it's, it is a fickle animal. That relationship mm-hmm. is unique. It's, I know so many women that love their moms. And yet the worst thing you can say to them is you reminded me of your mother. <laughs> There's this weird dynamic there. It's like, I love my mom. I worry about everything she thinks, but don't call me her. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> wait a minute. I don't get it. But that again, I definitely won't try to dive into that like I understand it, but that is a big piece. Yeah. That's the interesting insight, though, is so as a mom, you've noticed that if your daughter is critiquing, it feels different than if your sons are. Yes. Okay. For me, anyway. Yeah. Well, it seems, so, that seems pretty yeah. and I mean, in I line with what I've seen. Yeah. So huh, That's interesting. Well, the natural step when we take something personal or we get offended is the, is this, the third agreement, which we're invited not to do, and that is don't make assumptions. And it's really interesting why someone naturally would go into assumptions after they've been offended or they take things personal, right? Um, 
the, someone who has the clarity to do what you were just describing of stopping and going, oh, okay, wait a minute, why did that hurt? And, and be curious around it and then get the answer. They're not going to make assumptions because they just took the time to find the truth. Yes. Right? Because the purpose of an assumption is to f- make the truth go away. <laughs> That's why assumptions are usually not hopeful, not faithful, not positive, is because assumptions' purpose many times is to make the, the truth go away so it doesn't hurt. Well, they're selfish, frankly. Absolutely. Because it's all about you. I mean, yep. we everybody walks around looking at the world through their own lenses. Yep. So every conversation they have, every interaction they have, it's getting filtered through this lens that they have. And then we make these assumptions, but they're all about us. The other night I was in neighborhood barbecue and there was a friend of ours there and I had an interaction with him and I could tell even before he started talking, I was like, man, he's cold. Like, And I started thinking, did I do something to him? Did my husband do something to him? I was like, it was the whole interaction. I was like, suck. It's so easy to make it about ourselves. What did I do? What What did did my husband do? do? What did we, you know, I thought about later and I know, okay, probably even has, most of the time it doesn't have anything to do with us. Mm -hmm. You know, and I texted him the next day just to check in and see how he was. He's like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm struggling with this, 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 this. Had nothing to do with us, but we do that as humans. Take it personal. We think it has to do with us. You know, I've observed, and I think we do that, is because that's back to the very first conversation about worth and where it comes from. And if we are getting our worth from other people, then now they are just objects to either fill our cup of worth or to attack that cup. And then that's where we make the assumptions on their motives, which you nailed it on the head. The irony, it's like going to middle school and you have a zit on your forehead. <laughs> you think everyone cares about your zit as much as you do. But that's, if anything, people feel the opposite. They're worried about their zits, their clothes, their shoes. And ironically, we see this all the time. It's like, oh, good, you have a zit on your head. Like, and I don't. So I actually don't despise your zit. I'm grateful for your zit because <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself. Yes. Like that happens a lot and we mm-hmm. don't realize it where. So I guess if you got a big zit, just be happy you're serving everyone that day because they don't. And so you're helping them feel better about themselves. Yeah, because I always think it's a good reminder to remember people are not thinking about you. They really mm. aren't. Like mm. they're just, everyone's kind of look thinking about themselves in a, it's just human nature. It's something we have to consistently fight to overcome. Yeah. The more we develop, the more uh, worth when we kind of, really feel like we know where our worst coming from, we start to lean in the other person's direction. Mm-hmm. And the word you use, which I love, especially when it comes to parenting, is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I'm leaning in the other person's direction, take me back to that neighborhood barbecue, huh, he looks like he, he's, his body language, he look, I wonder what he's struggling with. Yeah. I wonder what he, you start asking questions. I wonder, not like for you to try to pretend like you know what's going on in no, somebody's life. For you life. to help. But it's not about me. Oh, did I do something to make him yeah. mad? It's a curiosity. If, if, if there's anything a parent could cultivate that would benefit their relationship, it's curiosity. So one thing that will help with that that we realized again today when I was meeting with a couple of parents. So as parents, we don't just see our kids' present problem. We see their past and their future. Mm-hmm. And so it creates an intensity when they're struggling that's way ridiculous. And because of that, it creates strong emotion, which then makes us critical instead of just curious. Right. So in order to not make assumptions with your kids, you've got to recognize that and chill the heck out. 
Like, just be aware of the present moment. If you find out your kid's smoking weed and you didn't know they were and you find out they've been smoking it for six months, don't let the whole entire past, don't let the entire future all of a sudden get into play. Just look at right now. You know, I've sat across from kids and I'm like, hey, their parents are freaking out. And I'm just like, hey, you smoked weed the other day. How was it? Just curious. Like, tell me about it. Tell me why you were doing it. How did it feel when you were doing it? And by the way, the difference between curious and critical is this. Critical wants a certain answer. Mm -hmm. Curious is open to whatever the actual answer is. And you can feel the difference in your body. Absolutely. Curiosity is like, they truly could say anything. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. Now, you can, as a parent, we both know sometimes you're going to have to choose that because you're not going to feel that. You're going to want a certain answer from your kid, especially when it comes to hard things. But you have to sacrifice that and replace it with the choice of I'm going to be open to whatever they say. Yeah, and even cultivating for yourself. Okay, how can I get in a more curious spot? It could be happening in the moment. It Mm -hmm. could be before you know you're going to have a conversation. You know, and so even asking yourself some questions, I wonder what my kid's experiencing. I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what's trying to cultivate the feeling of curiosity within you will help you ask curious questions. Well, another thing parents need to understand, if you make assumptions, you need to know this. They're actually a kid experiences them as accusations. Mm -hmm. And nobody trusts somebody who accuses them. And that's super important. And it's... And it's just like your friend or whoever's just saying, oh, I'm just being curious when they're really not, when they're being critical. A parent say, well, I just want to know. No, you don't. Like you're, the way you're coming at me is an accusation. It's not, and it's an, and that's what an assumption is. It's an accusation. Yes, for sure. And I think as parents, we think we know what our kids should be doing, mm-hmm. but do we really you know, like what classes they should be taking, yeah. what sports they should be playing. They should quit. They should not quit. What careers they should be taking. We may not line things out perfectly and we might use words like, it's up to you. But there's part of us that's like, oh, no, you need to. You should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that gets back to what's more important, capacity or accomplishments. And if you're a person who thinks accomplishments are more important, then you're going to 100 percent hyper focus on that with your kid. And you're going to have the specific accomplishments that you want done and if they don't meet it you're going to be disappointed but if you can remember the capacity thing and that that's what we're shooting for then my kid can learn capacity in a sport just as well as they can learning an instrument just as well as they can being in an art class you know what i mean it's all about capacity completion learning things growing um but there is biases for sure like i have my own biases there is a reason none of my daughters have ever been bought a basketball (laughs) And I love basketball, but I don't love girls' basketball. So there's been soccer balls in my house. There has been softballs in my house. There has been volleyballs in my house. But there's never been a basketball in my house. So, yeah, there's times where we have biases. But you know what? And I've talked about this with my wife. If one of my daughters finds a basketball somewhere and wants to play with it, absolutely I'm going to coach her team. I'll show her what to do. I'll, You know what I mean? And at the same time, it's... The best thing we can do is just expose our kids to opportunities and see which ones they pick and then support them. And you can't make assumptions when it comes to that if you want them to have the most balanced experience and let them feel like it's their thing. So, Yeah, I think as parents, um, my Uncle Phil taught me this, that we think we know who they are, especially mm-hmm. as they get a little bit older. Mm-hmm. We think we have got them figured out. We think we, think we know who, all, everything we need to know about them. And he helped me realize we don't actually, and we're going to spend our entire lives getting to know who they are. 
And everyone can relate to what it feels like to be missed. So you might, and I don't care, this isn't just parent-child. This is spouse, this is um, adult, like your parents to you, uh, a friend. You could be having a conversation or lunch with somebody and you just feel missed, meaning oh, they don't really get what, they don't getting me. They're not yeah. understanding what I'm saying. They don't, you feel missed, right? Is that making sense? Yeah. And I think we have, that is probably one of the, um, to me, I think saddest things. Because I miss my kids all the time. Every time my fear takes over, every time I make assumptions that end up being accusations that drive them away. And guess what happens? I didn't get to hear what was really on their heart. I didn't get to hear what they're really hoping for, what they're really afraid of. Mm -hmm. I missed all of that. And even my spouse I've been married to for 20 whatever years, I, there is so much to him I don't know yet. And when I make assumptions, instead of being curious it goes back to clear what you were talking about at the beginning of the conversation of taking a little space and pulling back and um, instead of getting sucked in and thinking you know things, just yeah. really getting to know this person. And then as you're saying that, I think about the times I do that. It's because I want to keep, when I don't do it right, it's because I need to keep them in this box where I can control it. Because it feels safe. Yeah. It feels safe, but it's fake. It's I fake. just combined two yeah, words. it is. <laughs> It is fake, yeah, and the kid can feel it, and they hate it, and that's why they fight against it. Well, I I love these these this book and these topics are so nice because they're so simple. Um, I hope today what we've talked about and is is helpful as you work with your kids. And really, one thing to chew on as we wrap up as parents is what kind of assumptions or accusations are your kids experiencing from your mouth. Yes, because I was even thinking, I'm going to sit down tonight. It's been a while since I've asked this and ask my kids, you know, like, um, what are the areas that I miss you? They know what that means yeah, when I, means we've that. had a little bit of conversation around that. Where where am I wrong about you or maybe your friends or something in your life? Or yeah. what would be some other questions that are, where do I make assumptions? Just asking them, do you think, um, I just think could be a very Oh, I love those questions. Where do I miss you? As in, where am I not hearing you? Where am I, what am I getting wrong about you or your friends? Those are great questions. Yeah. That's, and a kid will be really pleasantly surprised if you ask that. And you'll be surprised by what you hear <laughs> when they tell you. And if they don't respond, because they might not know, can I really tell her? Yeah. Can I really tell him? So just whatever they do give you, even if it's with the friends or whatever, just say thank you. I appreciate that so So did you know that of all the teaching training I've done in my life, there's a couple things that are tips that are, they kill a classroom or they make a classroom. And one of the biggest ones is is when you ask somebody a question and they answer, how you receive their answer either makes or breaks a class. It's more important than the question. Way more. It's way more, it's way more important than the answer. That's the crazy thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. it is. How you receive an answer is the most important thing that happens in that classroom and dictates how the rest of the class is going to go. We've all been there where somebody gives a really thoughtful answer and the teacher's like, that's not really what I was looking for. Yeah, nobody else is answering the rest of the class. No. <laughs> and that student who answered just feels like, oh, well, my truth's not good enough, you know, mm-hmm. and especially when it's an opinion question, yeah. right? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So anyways, as parents, we have to be very, very careful about that. We sometimes, that little three-year-old that loves us no matter what, that's not the case when they're 13. They don't love you no matter what. So you got to quit banking on that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just say whatever the heck you want because you will turn them away. They will turn away and you'll lose that connection. 
I see it all the time where I see parents with these 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids trying to reconnect with that kid. And they've done a lot of damage over the last 10 years, just saying whatever they think, whenever they want, demanding things, not listening, not creating that space. And the kid finally just goes, enough's enough, I'm out. So if that's you and you have that disconnect with your child, you can reconnect. But you need to be willing to invest as much time and energy into reconnecting as you spent disconnecting. That does not get fixed overnight. And you need to give the kids the space they need and the time they need to re-trust you like they did when they were three. And it's not their fault they don't trust you anymore. Yeah. And that's an important, and that's for all of us. Like my kids, there's things that they're figuring out right now. So, but we have to give them that. So, well, any other final thoughts that you have on this topic? I love what you shared today. Do you have any other insights on not making assumptions or? I don't think so. Okay. Next, so next week what we'll talk about is the final of the four agreements. And that's just always do your best. Right? This one I think will be a good conversation that we have because perfectionism is not the same as always do your best. And that has been those two things are unhealthily connected. So, so until next time, keep going. You're doing a great job. And again, if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us. Be sure to share the podcast with anybody that you think could use this that you could help lift the weight of their the pressure they feel of being a parent and trying to help kids live in a pretty crazy world and until next time we'll see you then